Bank Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Coming at you live from DNHQ at 110 Studio LA in beautiful South Pasadena, California. This is the Blue Heaven Podcast. What's going on, Dodgers Nation? My name is Clint. You can find me as RealFRG on the Twitter and the Instagram. That gentleman right there is the legendary Los Angeles' own Doug McCain at DMAC underscore LA. Doug, it's another Monday. It's another Blue Haven Monday. How the hell are you doing, my guy? I'm doing better than great, Clint, to be chopping it up, talking Dodger baseball with you. We're now 17 days away from opening day. We're getting closer and closer. Got some <clears throat> roster news coming up. We're going to talk about this rotation to take that fifth yep. spot. So lots of Dodger topics to get into and also the craziest of the WBC. Got to talk some WBC. That's what's happening right now. USA did not bring enough pitchers. But, guys, let us know where you're representing Dodgers Nation tonight. Jump in the chat. Drop your area codes. We want to know what you guys want to talk about. We have uh, some of the things we want to talk about. We want to I want to talk about some things that are going on in Dodgers Nation. I got to remind you before we get into the show, this is also a podcast. If you can't watch us live, you can hear us. You can hear Doug. We're going to have uh, post game shows coming back real soon. Get close. So, a whole lot more Doug, a whole lot more content out of Dodgers Nation TV, but also on the podcast side of things. So, we're available everywhere your podcasts are available for free. Go there, subscribe, have a good time. And again, don't forget to subscribe. The best way to watch us is on YouTube, youtube.com slash Dodgers Nation TV. Hit the bell, leave a like. Uh, leave a comment after the show, and um, Doug will kiss your grandma. If yeah, with consent, provided she likes it. I mean, a lot of grandmas really look at Doug, and they're just like, "Oh, that Douglas! He looks like he's malnourished. He looks like he lives off cheese and Cholula." <laughs> I do, I do. But uh, let's see. We got AB representing the six six six. I don't believe that's an area code. Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> doubt it. Six six six. Tino over on uh, Facebook. Appreciate hanging it, uh, hanging out with us. It's Blue Heaven, my favorite podcast. You guys are number one. Appreciate the love to Tino. That is awesome. AB says Dodgers need to sign Brett Butler. I don't think that's going to happen. Deborah Young in the stream. Uh, there's just a lot of random comments in here. There's there's Pepe. Oh, that's right, because we have the question of who's going to take over for um, Gonsolin. That is one of the topics on today's show. The injury updates, Tony Gonsolin likely going to miss opening day now. we got to talk about James Outman again, because dude just keeps on raking. Um, some opening day roster talk a little bit, and really, what does that bent, that final bench spot look like? A whole lot more, like, like this guy already said, too. we got some uh, WBC talk. Craig checking in, 310, Nando 390. Uh, says the Dodgers need to pick up the team uh, Columbia's closer. Didn't he? He's the guy who signed a deal somewhere. Is that what it was? I, I don't know. Somebody signed a deal somewhere. They, they. It would be nice to have a closer, I guess. Some people, some people say. Axel checking in six two six. Got any comments there? Kimo Sabi. Yeah, we got young guys are fun to watch. That's from Todd L. We got Ryan Kim Bruh. in enemy territory for college. Wish me luck. Hey, repping Dodger blew up there. Anthony Keen holding it down in the three one zero, the five one zero, the bands of giant, <laughs> the bane of giants and A's fans. So yeah, he's also in enemy territory. We got Brian Balding on Facebook. Let's go, L.A. Dodgers. Oh, I forgot the L.A. part. We got Noah Cameras, Nicaragua reliever, signed the deal. So yeah, nice little showcase oh. for some of these guys out there making a name for themselves. I thought you were checking in for Hi, DMAC. Hi, Clint. Gotcha. That's from Jenny Vega. Hi, What's up, Jenny. Jenny Vega? How you doing? James checking in. Uh, 702 Las Vegas. Ryan Kim in enemy territory for college. Wish me luck. Hey, good luck out there in enemy ter territory, Ryan. We, we uh, you know, school make, amounts to nothing, so just, just throwing that out there. <laughs> Adam says, why does it always seem like there's always something going on with the Catman? Because it kind of is. And it's kind of tough. You know, we just dropped a designated Twitter. I think we did, right? Drop, drop. And that was one of the things I, I had said, like, hey, um, what was the question again? Um, biggest. Mo yeah, most uh, Dodger with most approved. I, I should have remembered. I had to record it like 15 times because I kept having problems with my microphone at the uh, the ho FRG home studio. But to me, it was Tony Gonson because he's got a lot to prove to himself in terms of his pocketbook because the better he does, the more he gets paid uh, for the next couple of seasons. But um, he's, he you could tell like he's frustrated with being hurt constantly. And now here he is again, rolls his ankle on some sort of stupid backfield play doing drills. I, I think I saw he was just literally walking and rolled his ankle. So, um, 
Yeah, I don't know how many lives that cat has, but it's coming up on nine. It is coming up on nine, but I think the most important thing is it's not an arm injury. It's not going to keep him out for an extended period of time, and really the silver lining in the clouds is that it gives one of these younger pitchers who've been knocking on the door to get an opportunity early on in the season. But yeah, they're going to need Tony Gonsolin. Like I said in that same video, I did a ranking of eight. He was my number two as far as with the most approved because he's a guy that he has to prove that he can finish an entire season. He hasn't completed an entire season for his entire for his big league career but i still think that he's going to continue to improve it's just about mm -hmm. getting healthy it's the number one thing for tony <clears throat> gonsolin and you're just a little bit concerned that because you want to have him start the year on a good note and yeah. he has those incentives in his deal they're calling him points where if he makes a start or pitches more than three and a half innings in a game if he gets 24 points continues to make more money with the incentive so there's a lot of money at stake for tony gonsolin but i think the big thing for him is just building on the momentum that he built last season when he had that two one six ERA made the all-star team but he it definitely left a bad taste in your mouth with how yeah. he looked in the NLDS wasn't able to get guys out so yeah I mean, it's unfortunate he shouldn't have been pitching at that point it, it, to be honest like he had the elbow thing tried to rush back was not ready you know the injury happened at a bad time and you should have just punted but that comes down to the team also just not having enough pitching at that point of the season but um there's some news out of Camelback today. We should probably get into that before we dive more into uh, the Gonsolin talk. Nine players cut from uh, from camp today. You got those names? You want to run through that? Give the people a chance to hear your beautiful voice? Yeah, let's go through those names. I actually have it right here. The Dodgers have optioned Diego Cartaya, infielders Michael good Bush, friend. Yorbit Vivas, Eddie's Leonard, who's actually looked really good. Eddie's Leonard's looked, looked really good. Yeah. Outfielders Johnny DeLuca, Andy Pajes, and they've also designated, for, uh, and they assigned pitchers Matt Andreas and Bobby Miller, and infielder Jame Jones to minor league camp. So, yeah, I mean, there are some developments today. Some some names. The biggest names, obviously, you got three of the top five players on uh, on the Dodgers uh, prospect pipeline. Good friend of the show, Diego Cartai. If you guys missed it, Doug just dropped his interview with Diego that he did at Camelback. So this is uh, Diego Nation. Cartai Nation? Cartai Nation yeah. works. Cartai Country. <laughs> uh, you know, you didn't expect to see very much out of Jorbit Vivas or Eddie's Leonard. Yeah, Eddie's Eddie showing out, maybe proving himself either as a trade op, you know, um, trade chip or somebody that could fill a little bit of a role uh, somewhere along the way. Not great defense, not great offense, but a serviceable player that can... Uh, you know, fill fill a need here and there. The but the other biggest name, uh, Bobby Miller, who they said last week for some reason is not going to pitch this spring. I, I think it's kind of weird it, the way Dave kind of brought it up. It seems like they just don't like where he's at mentally in his game. Is that kind of what you read out of it? Yeah, that was really my big takeaway. They just feel that he's really not in a position where you want to just throw him out there. Maybe you do some damage to his psyche. Maybe you don't think from a delivery standpoint he's where he needs to be because that's really been the key for him is trying to smooth out that delivery. Yeah. It's been wonky at times. You see him struggle with runners on base pitching. And yeah, I think with Bobby Miller, they're just really slow playing because they're thinking long term and yes. they definitely have the bubble wrap on him. But he's one of the guys that I was most excited to see this spring because I asked Dave Roberts one of our first days there about Bobby Miller and he said that he's a guy that has that plus plus stuff and that we are going to see him pitch for the Dodgers this year but yeah very interesting development to at least not give him a little taste of spring training action at this level yeah um definitely surprising I mean he got into some games last year during the spring uh you know pitched in Anaheim and just because he's you know cut from the roster now or reassigned optioned whatever not option reassigned because he's not on the 40 man uh just because that happened now doesn't mean you're not going to see him at any point during uh spring training still you know they can they can reassign they can cut they can option they can still come back and pitch in a major league game so hopefully they give him the opportunity to pitch once again um <clears throat> against the angels in the freeway series or something like that the other biggest name michael bush a guy that even before it happened we had kind of planned to talk a little bit about uh on today's show Bush, I think, is honestly the biggest name that was uh, optioned uh, at this point. Uh, he, <laughs> the worst part is, dude goes out and throws up a three for three day, and then it's hey, you're rewarded with the minor league barracks. But uh, you know, Dodgers uh, just doing what they got to do. They cut the roster down to fifty. Of course, they got to get down to forty. They got a few guys that can clear some spots with Lux eventually hitting the sixty day IL. Uh, Alex Reyes. 
you know, possibly you, you I mean, I don't think you're going to see a, um, you're going to see, oh, Walker Bueller's one. You, you probably won't see that with Daniel Hudson, but they can clear some roster spots, kind of give themselves the optionality. But hey, you also got to eventually find a way to open room for at least Jason Hayward on the minor league side of things. But hey, spring training, second round of cuts. That means we're that much closer, like you said, to opening day, which uh, is a good day. Yeah, it's a great day. It's going to be a night game, which is going to be awesome. But yeah, kind of to touch on your night. point. Yeah, great <laughs> night. It's going to be a great, a fantastic night, which we'll get into in a little bit. But yeah, talking about Michael Bush, it's very interesting. Like you mentioned, goes three for three, hit his first home run of the spring yesterday. There's no doubt about that this kid can absolutely rake. He can mash. Last year, he led the OKC Dodgers in home runs. And for him, it's really just about being blocked. He's blocked at certain positions, and they just don't have the opportunity yeah. for him. So he's just not a great fit right now. And to me, you look at his age, he's closer to 30 than he is to 20. He's going to be like 50 years old at OKC before he gets a shot. I mean, at some point, you kind of have to do what's right for the player. And something kind of tells me that he might be one of the guys that they will include in a potential deal if they want to work around the margins to maybe bring in a kind of falafel or someone of that ilk. So, yeah, I definitely keep my eye on him. But, yeah, he's a great guy, athletic guy. He's a guy that I think defensively you saw them work him out in left field last year. So yeah. if he really had made the strides as an outfielder, I think maybe there would be a bigger yeah, opportunity definitely. for him. But, yeah, just right now it's just not a great fit with his current makeup. Yeah, like, like you said, you know, he hit 32 homers last year at AAA, drove in 108, uh, OPS just under 900. He doesn't have very much more to prove hitting-wise, AAA level. Um, I, I thought it was definitely odd how much they were playing him at first base. Dave was playing him at first base this spring. You would you would think he'd try to force some more positional you know, versatility, but also they've gone all in on Vargas at second, even when he can't even you know fully play the game right. So I could understand him not, them not wanting to put it there. But uh, when Lux went down, I really thought or assumed it would open more opportunity for Lux or for, for Bush but the fact that he's a second round, uh, you know, of cuts, it's definitely telling, you know. No, it's absolutely telling. And the way these Dodgers are playing it these days, I mean, hey, if you're going to send them right down, the last team, another major league, the last thing another major league team sees if they're interested in possibly acquiring him <clears> is <throat> what he does at the plate. And you're kind of getting him out there on a hot streak. But I also think, too, the Dodgers just aren't playing games this time around. They kind of know the direction they're heading in. So, yeah, yes, you can fair. give them more opportunities against better competition. But why prolong the inevitable? And I think Michael Bush, if you know he's going to start the season at the AAA level, if you know you're going to send him down to the minors might as well just start now but yeah it's unfortunate yeah. because he definitely his hit tool is very impressive and he hits the ball very very hard and we'll see how some of these other guys fare because yeah i mean you mentioned miguel vargas look miguel vargas is the guy who is going to be playing this second base position position he's going to get the runway there but can also spell freddie at first he can also <laughs> play some third yeah. months he can spell him at first so yeah unfortunately for michael bush it's just kind of the wrong team the wrong time when it comes to opportunities and yeah if i were him i mean when i spoke <clears throat> to him in the clubhouse i was asking him about the, is there a frustration level when you're with this Dodgers organization, a team that has all this talent, all these resources, or is it just kind of a wait for your opportunity? And do you kind of feel like just being here and taking that development is worth it? He told me it's all worth it. So for him, let's say he goes on to another team at some point, he still was developed by the Dodgers. So even though maybe he never plays for the Dodgers in the show, but wherever he ends up, he'll still benefit from their coaching and development. So yeah, I wish the kid the best. And I really hope he gets his opportunity sooner than later. A couple other uh, little mini notes before we get into the comments here. I think the team did do their um, their uh, injured list designations today because on the Dodger website right now, Bueller's on the 60-day IL. J.P. Fireisen was another guy I didn't mention. He's on the IL 60-day uh, as well as Blake Trinan, who we know were probably not a ever see not gonna ever see again in dodger blue uh or even pitching at the big league level i don't know i just don't see him coming back from that but let's get in a few of the comments here uh there's one from anthony keen i like but i know we got ourselves a super chat so let's go to dj producer cody real quick well, can we get some energy to the other guys oh. there we go golly <laughs> timothy hooker 20 dollars. he said paired character dancing under a rain of confetti and taking his hat off to say you are amazing Wow. That is something. That nice. is very descriptive. Yeah, we need that Venezuela fan energy, guys. Come on now. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Appreciate that. Oh, that's awesome. That's Appreciate touching. every super chat Appreciate you guys that. give, whether they're a billion dollars or one dollars. We love you for them all for sure. Anthony Keene in the stream. 
You got another one? Yes, we do. There it is. Necron99, a.k.a. Sammy Boy, says, Luke William has played every position, I'm assuming, except uh, catcher and no errors, CT3 2.0, but at minimum salary. That's true. This is true. Thank you for the super chat. Appreciate uh, all the love in the stream, as always. $5 super chat yeah. from Necron uh, there. He's kind of uh, one of the guys I liked when they signed him, but it was weird because they picked him up, and then it sort of went where they cut him, and then he just kind of magically Brought appeared back, yeah. back with the team. But he's somebody who, the main thing I like, a lot of third base experience where beyond Max Muncy, there's not a lot of depth at 3B. You know, they did after that fact, they went out and traded for, you know, Yanni Hernandez. There's a very intriguing piece right here. But, you know, we've talked a little bit about, you know, off, off stream, uh, uh, about, you know, watching Luke Williams. What do, you, what do you think? You think this kid has any shot of anything? I think, think it's opening day wise. I would opening day wise. I would say no. I think that maybe you're a hamstring away from seeing guys move around, and maybe he receives some consideration. But if you look at him at the plate, he's in 174 during spring training, four for 23. Defensively, it was clear he had a strong arm, made some really nice plays. I think you can see him possibly in the infield, but I don't think the Dodgers really have a need for someone like Lou Williams right now. I mean, you're talking about sending Michael Bush down, a guy that plays some multiple infield positions. Luke Williams, I think his his hit tool, his his hit profile doesn't really project at this level yeah. at this stage. But hey, he's got a great head of hair. I will tell you that. He looked like almost show like a hair. like a '90s like Zach Morris type Saved by the Bell. I mean, he's got some nice show hair for sure. Hey, that's a really an important thing. Yeah, like you you don't need to be good. You just got to have good hair up there in the show. For but sure, we can't make it. Anthony Keen in the stream a little bit earlier says, "What are they going to do with Cartaya? Feels like he's blocked." No, any thoughts on that? Look, I mean, when I talked to Cartaya, he told me, "Look, Hold he plays." Let me pick some that up for you. Let me get that name <laughs> dropper. No, I mean, when I talked to him, I mean, it was clear that he is doing everything he can to get better so at corny. the catcher's position, right? Yeah, and yeah. he is putting in the work. He wants to be great. I know it's such a cliche to say he wants to be great, but you see him out there take, picking the brain of Austin Barnes and Will Smith. And Dave Roberts said he's bullish on Cartaya and that he thinks he's going to be a star. They do have Will Smith, who hit a bomb yesterday. And look, Cartaya is a guy who's played some first base, played some third. It's not like you're going to really want him as your <clears throat> catcher. I mean, you're going to yeah. want him as the hitter that's also a catcher. But he also has that plus arm. It's just about the pop time and really making those throws. You saw him throw out a guy a few games ago. But I think that for him, as long as he stays healthy, he's only played 95 games behind the dish as a catcher. So yes. he's banged up with that hamstring injury, has dealt with some injuries. So if he stays healthy and improves as a game caller and also improves that blocking balls in the dirt. And with his size, sometimes you feel like maybe that's a little bit of a disadvantage for him. Yeah. But yeah, look, the thing about him is his floor really is like a above average DH. Okay. But that's his absolute floor. Absolute so floor. his ceiling is multi-time all-star. So I would still buy all the Diego Cartaya stock. And I still think he's, I mean, the way he gets his barrel to the ball, hits the ball so hard, he's just so impressed what we can do with the stick. Yeah. Whether that's as a big leaguer with the Dodgers or a big leaguer with another team, you can still buy Diego Cartaya stock. Anybody can. Hey, you saw Keebert Ruiz going out. I was just out. about to mention Eight-year, what, $50 million deal? Not too bad. Not too shabby for the kid. That's a great deal for the kid. And I also, will take that as well. And there was a time when... <laughs> One more, please. Yeah, exactly. Let me get all that cash, right? <laughs> Give him the bag. But also, you saw the Dodgers' willingness to part ways with a Cabert Ruiz, who for many years, people said that he was... Going to be better than Diego Cartaya, right? I mean, he was the they, premier they, catching prospect. He was going to be better, better than Will Smith at one point. Yeah, I mean, the hype surrounding him was off the charts. And I think Cartaya, for him, though, his potential with the bat is on another level than what Caber Ruiz can do. I think it's only a matter of time. Let's not forget, the kid is still just 21 years of age. So a lot of time to grow. And I think for him, it's only a matter of time. And if it's with another organization, it is. But I still think that they'll try to find a way. If you have the talent, and you have the ability, the Dodgers, it's a good problem to have, right? Great Will problem, Smith yeah. and Diego Cartaya. I think Will Smith, as a catcher, he's improved tremendously as well. Also played some third base it, during his career at when he was at Louisville with yeah. the Cardinals. So, I mean, I'm, he wants to be a catcher, and he's made that very clear, but they haven't signed him to an extension. And uh, I think that that's, that's pretty that's a little telling as well. I mean, the Dodgers haven't really done that much. but Well, they don't, yeah, they don't do that. I saw the tweet yesterday. Fully agree. Will Smith needs... Uh, need, the, the Dodgers need to explore an extension with Will Smith. Like right now is the time you're seeing that deal uh, go with with uh, Ruiz. You're seeing the deal that 
um, what's his name? Not Kirk Hammett, because that is guitarist from Metallica, but the guy that the Braves traded for and then immediately locked up that catcher. Um, I forget Murphy. his name. Murphy. Yeah. Murphy. Yeah, whatever it is. Um, I would like to see the Dodgers do that for once. They did it with Mookie. Never with their own guys, though. They just don't go this route. But the reality is with Will Smith, he's in a... A, 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 he's in a unique situation where, yeah, like sometimes you have to pay them over their value just to lock him up like a Julio Urias. I still think if you would get him to sign, you know, a $240, $250 million deal, there's no guarantee that that contract is going to pan out. But for yeah. a Will Smith, we're talking about somewhere in between like $105, <laughs> $120 million when you consider his age, how many arbitration years that you could buy out, you could conceivably save some money on the back end. And that's really what it is about. And I think that his swing's going to age well. It's short, it's compact. He hits the ball hard. He's a clutch header. He's the clutch prince. So we yes. dubbed him for a reason. So I would absolutely love if they sign him to an extension. But like you just said, the Dodgers just don't do this. What I said in my tweet was, if he was a Brave, he would have already signed that extension years ago. Yes. But the Dodgers, they would... Which is about facts. But they want to <laughs> see this play out. And I just don't expect it. And I also think, too, they know what they have in a potential superstar catcher in Diego Cartai. And that definitely is a factor. Yeah, no, for sure. Again, a lot of good problems to have. Uh, get into a few more of the comments here. Uh, a little bit behind, as usual. Jenny says, Columbia Energy right there. I forgot what we were talking about at that point. Robert Baker says, I'm not paying for your love. Respect. Respect. Adam818 said, Mookie treating the WBC like the playoffs. He's not hitting. Bruh. Ooh. Hey, to be fair, Mookie's kind of dookie right now in, in, in WBC. Not going to lie. But then again, all of Team USA is kind of playing like ass. But more WBC talk a little bit later in the show. Uh, James wants the Dodgers to bring back Kike and Bellinger. Uh, I, I would be okay with Kike, Cody, and um, man, this is not you, the other one, not producer, <laughs> not DJ producer Cody. You got to throw DJ in there, or else it just DJ, DJ producer Cody. <laughs> Uh, AJ Alexander Will Smith this is the Dodgers' number one catcher for many years to come. Cartaya, we either have to figure out another position or is good trade bait. Uh, good, good comment there from AJ. I mean, that's that's the reality. It's, it's he's either an ass, he's an asset on the field, or in a transaction, and that's that's fine. That's just the reality of sports. Not even just baseball. That's the reality of sports. Um, Jason, I'm gonna be so mad when Outman gets platooned. Hey, if he gets platooned, at least he'd be at the big league level. Be mad when he gets sent to AAA for opening day. More on that in a little bit. Let's talk about uh, the injury news. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. stadium their silence is deafening 136 israelis are still being held hostage by hamas bring them home since we went live last week anthony uh, anthony gonsolin decided to roll his ankle for no reason by just existing which isn't smart so now he may miss opening day at first, it was like, hey, he's probably going to be okay. And then Dave was like, hey, yo, this shit ain't responding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's probably going to miss opening day. So he, uh, he, is it? Uh, I guess the question is, is it a huge issue for you? And, and uh, I mean, like, you've been around the guy a little bit. I mean, you saw he, we were in the locker room. Dude avoided everybody like the plague. But uh, hearing some of the things he said in the offseason, the focus was, for him was staying healthy, staying healthy, and the way he talked more and more about it. Sounded like that was getting in, like increasingly frustrating for him because he opened 21 pretty much on the shelf with the shoulder, missed a lot of that, ended 22 for the most part on the shelf with the elbow. Now you got an ankle. Ankle can change things with your arm, lead to more forearm issues. Like, is this a huge issue? And should they worry about trying to get him back for opening day or even the first few weeks of the season? I would say no. I think you have the depth to slow play him and make sure that he gets it right. I'm trying to stay positive when it comes to Tony Gonson. I think that if he is able to get back, 
and get to where he was before the injury, you're starting to feel good because, look, you're trying to make sure that he's back to where he was before the forearm strain of last yeah. season. But here are the positive with, with Tony Gonson. He's absolutely figured out that spit, that pitch mix. It is a slider-split-change combo. It accounted for 89 of his strikeouts last season, a vast majority of them. And he knows how to attack the zone with confidence. He knows how to trust his defense. So as far as his game plan and him going out there and being effective, he knows he can do that at this point. It's just a matter of being healthy and really avoiding any potential arm injuries. Now, the silver lining, too, is the more weeks it takes off from the beginning of the season, hopefully you get them at the back end of the season. Good so, point. I mean, like, everyone's crying about the Dodgers, pitch, about the Team USA's pitching staff and the fact that you don't have the Corbin Burnses and the on the Scherzers, the DeGroms, the Coles. I'm saying, hey, if that's my team, I don't want my ace pitching in the World Baseball Classic. I want them pitching in October and not March. So, I think if Tony Gonsolin gets back on the mound and gets healthy, it's unfortunate because it's an ankle injury and he does seem like he's a little brittle and is a little injury prone. And if it's like, like someone said in the comments, it's always something with Tony Gonson. Yeah. But the thing to watch though is just the forearm strain, the how big of a toll that split change takes on him. And if he can stay healthy, I still anticipate him making 24 to 26 starts. Yeah. Which is really in the pocket of what he needs to do. This could have been a season where, you know, I think his goal is the Bueller goal. He wants to be, old school and hit 200 innings which i guess is old school these days but that's what he had set out to do this is definitely going to hamstring him a, a good bit unless he misses just like one start but you know he he has the potential to be right up there with julio as the, the 30 start guys you don't expect that from kershaw anymore if you get 24 25 you're probably feeling pretty good um Aside from that, creates opportunity because we know this is going to be a huge year for a couple of guys we talked to at spring training uh, and have talked to in the past here, Ryan Pepio, Michael Grove. Um, we know they've already said those are going to be the two guys that, that get the lion's share of time or get the time uh, where Gonsolin isn't available. Who do you go with? See, I think when it comes to talent and ceiling, I think Pepio is my guy. I mean, that changeup is nastier than Cody's search history. And Bruh. he has the stuff. You. You've seen him be more effective as far as efficiency. I mean, last year he <laughs> threw strikes at a 59% rate. This year that number's up. He's also becoming more effective with that slider. So you're starting to see him figure it out because you can't just come up in the show and be a starter and have an elite changeup in a fastball. You need yeah. that third pitch to keep hitters off balance. But I also will say, if you look at the options and the fact that you had the Mitch White rule a few years yes. ago. Do you really want to start well, Ryan now. Pepio and then bring him back and up and down? I think <laughs> they see him as when he's up, we want to see him as that starting pitcher. And then maybe if he's your fifth starter and guys get healthy, maybe you could see him in a swingman role, pitch a couple innings out of the bullpen, and stay flexible. With Michael Grove, he has improved tremendously. You're also seeing him expand his pitch mix. He's become more efficient. You're seeing the velocity really kind of tick up. He looks definitely solid out there on the mound, but I don't think the Dodgers are as invested in Michael Grove so they'll say hey give yeah. us a few starts at the beginning of the year we'll kind of bring Tony Gonson back he really needs to be our number four or five starter we don't need him to be a frontline starter anything like that and then you really start the plan of bringing a Pepio up but to me I think <laughs> Pepio is a guy that he has really impressed this spring mm -hmm. and if you think that he can be effective early on help you win games I would love to see Pepio pitch in the show yeah I fully agree with all of that uh, you said it a lot better than I would have but that's the reality if, if it is just going to be a starter too it's it's Grove. If it's going to be a month, it's Pepio. You want, when you call up Pepio, you do have to consider those options now. And he can only be sent up and down five times. So you can get away with that with Grove. Grove is going to be your white this year. Uh, but when Pepio's up, they want him to have probably a, a eight to, if he pitches well, a five to eight to 10 start run somewhere where he's going to plug in either as like a sixth man in the rotation or filling in for somebody who's going to be out for an extended period of time whether that be a Gonsolin whether that be a Dustin May or a Clayton Kershaw at some point so um same with uh Gavin Stone Gavin Stone is another guy they probably want to give a maybe not as long of a runway but when we see Gavin Stone it's going to be an approve it like opportunity or, or, or stretch run or whatever uh, this also plays up decently, um, I feel, the injury for, for uh, Noah Syndergaard. Because Syndergaard's been, honestly, kind of the best pitcher on the staff so far. Even if the velocity isn't hitting a million miles an hour. Leads the team in, in innings, I, I think. I don't know where, after Grove's start today, where he ends up. But 
Leads the team in innings. He's only allowed one run, and that ended up, you know, being on a homer and in an inning. I don't think he was expecting to start, you know, going back out for that that fifth inning uh, last or over the weekend or whatever it is. But Syndergaard's look looks pretty good. And, and now, if he's not the number four guy, he's number three guy. That's me assuming that Tony was going to be the number two guy. You're in a pretty decent spot if Michael Grove ends up as your number, you know, your number five for for a few starts to fill in for uh, Mr. Tony Gonsolin, I guess. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think Noah Syndergaard has kind of almost quietly put himself back together. And he's quietly reinvented himself once again. Everyone wants to focus on the velocity, but really it's about that two-seam fastball. Can he locate it? Can he generate those ground ball outs? It's not about the big punch outs. Like yep. you said, leads the team in innings pitch so far this spring, has a sub-1 ERA opponent to hitting 129, has a .43 whip, eight strikeouts, and zero walks. I mean, his command has been stellar the last few seasons. It's just the strikeout numbers have dropped. I mean, that strikeouts per nine, low in his career last year so you're probably not going to get the big swing and miss like we saw from peak Noah Syndergaard yeah. but the reality is when he was at his best he was throwing 98 mile per hour four seam fastballs attacking hitters up in the zone he's not doing that at this stage of his no. career so Dodger fans out there that want to see Thor back to where he was loving Thunder Thor he's not <laughs> that at this stage of his career he has reinvented himself just look at what Clayton Kershaw did he changed his pitch mix went with that slider instead of that fastball for him you're seeing him rely on that two seam fastball has a great extension too, one yeah. of the best in the league so yeah i think he's a guy that he's absolutely going to be slotted in there as the number three starter and he's on a one-year deal and on that one-year deal if he makes 140 150 innings uh 24 to 30 starts 150 plus innings he's going to set himself up for a great payday yeah no for sure whether that's in la or somewhere you don't know but um he doesn't need it on the strike idea he doesn't need to be that old Thor he doesn't need to go out and get strikeouts. You know, Davey's even talked about, um, Dave has even, it sounded like I said Davey, but Dave has even talked about, um, you know, it's a different guy. It's a guy who who relies more on the movement, the the ground ball, the sinker. To be fair, in the offseason, after they signed Syndergaard, he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm ditching my whole 2022 repertoire and trying to, you know, get back to that and try to get the velo back. But I think they kind of bailed realizing that might not be a reality, no matter how many squishy yeah. balls he throws against the wall every day at Camelback Ranch. Much, uh, much of the enjoyment of, of Anoa over there. Getting a few of the comments here. Um, Jason says Gonson gets the yips in October. I don't know if it's yips. I think they've just misused him a lot or it's been kind of, tough situations um hey, he started the dodgers clincher in 2020 <coughs> so must have done something right i don't think he got out of the second inning <laughs> yeah. let's be rose a home run definitely <laughs> hurt but yeah Na nando 390 says tony glasselin oh, you could add that to the mix if you want to trade him or br and bring up miller yeah i don't know if we're uh, i don't know i i think i fear that i'm gonna be kind of i don't know the, the best way of saying it I don't know. I don't even be like quasi rewarded for me being less high on on Miller. The the deeper we go, I think, you know, reliever is kind of the expectation for me at this point. Anyway, <laughs> carnivorous lunar activity in the stream says hello, Dodger Nation. How you doing, carnivorous lunar ac activity? Jason says Pepio and Stone have impressed me most as pitchers. Um, Austin Barnes told you Camelback a couple weeks ago talking about uh, you know some of the the rookie guys going up there. He seemed like he really he, he mentioned Bob as he calls him Bob. I was about to say, but he really liked Gavin Stone. It sounds like he liked the 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 way Stoner carried himself on the bump, the way he carries himself, his whole demeanor on the mound, the way he used that pitch clock to his strength, the way he uses it. I mean, I think Gavin Stone is a guy that. You just want to see him continue to develop that third pitch too, that fourth pitch. I mean, yeah. he told us that he was developing a curveball to help keep keep hitters off balance. Told us his nickname Stoner. I think he's a guy that is going to have those big stones at the big league level and really challenge yeah. hitters. And I think that he's going to be the next like pitching ninja darling at some point when you see that oh, change yeah. up. And I love it too. He's not like the biggest guy. He's really not a physically imposing guy, but he's got great command, a great feel, got that tilt on his pitches. Yeah. So yeah, I think he's a guy that from a maturity standpoint from a mindset standpoint he was a closer in college so if you got that bulldog in him he got that closer got that closer's Ooh. mindset right so if he did 
if he if he did get an opportunity with the Dodgers and you did see him make some starts, I think he's also equipped to come out of the bullpen as well. You saw Andre Jackson have some success in that yeah. multi-inning reliever role too. So yeah, Gavin Stone is absolutely named to look for. Of course, he's not on the 40-man roster. Either is Bobby Miller. So you're going to have to make some moves. And I think, getting back to your point from earlier, once you see them make that move to get them on the roster, that's when you know it is Miller time. That is when you know Stone, it's a go it's time. time. It's time to get stoned. Stone Cold Stone. Yeah, we're going we're on some stuff. <laughs> he's working on some stuff. Hey, listen. Fleshing it out. He doesn't give you a proper nickname until you're on the 40-man. Yeah, right? exactly. That's how Doug yeah. works. <laughs> This is this is Doug 101. Stone Cold Gavin Noss. No, uh, no. Mr. Noah wants to uh, wants uh, thinks it should be Pepio to get uh, that that replacement start from Gonsolin. And yeah, I agree. If it is going to be out for a month, it should be Pepio. But it's going to be out for a start or two. I, I feel Grove. Rebecca says Pepio has been great. You got something? Uh, yeah. I was uh, about I, to say, I, I, was uh, it because Michael Grove didn't follow him? Oh uh, yeah, this is true. Oh. There there was the great follow gate of spring training where. Uh, Noah was trying to get Michael Grove to follow him on Twitter by doing absolutely nothing about it. So if you don't personal. follow, if you don't follow him, Noah's going to take it very personally. What <laughs> you know about facts? AJ says uh, Pepeo, Grove, and Stone are looking like good options as spot starters or backup starting pitchers. Yeah, I mean, um, there's a lot to be made about this year. The team not having the same sort of depth as it's had in the past. It has it. Just people don't know those names. They they haven't pitched at the big league level a whole lot or at all in their careers. Last year, let's let's be fair. When they signed Tyler Anderson, it was a throwaway signing at one point in 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 mm, spring yeah. or, or just before spring started. To be fair, to be double fair, that was also coming out of the lockout and all that. But when they when they got him, it was like, is that the that's that's the, that's the guy who used to pitch for the Rockies, right? Like he's still in the league, and then yeah. he turned into that, you know. And and we've seen those type of dudes kind of turn into something. Well, the, the guys they have, the minor league dudes, they have have the, the they they've been with the organization their entire career, so they have the chance to come up and just be like really good and all that kind of stuff, not be taught to be good like somebody like. T.A. or he yeah. was for a decent little stretch. Um, no, I think I think what Grove though too is like I mean when you see him out there on the mound, I think that he's a guy that his ceiling is maybe a six, right? And yeah. his issue is just putting hitters away, right? Whereas Ryan Pepio's big issue was that walk rate, a sixteen point nine walk rate last season. If he has improved that command, why not just hit the ground running with Ryan Pepio and just see what you have? And yeah, Michael Grove's a guy that. I, I would trust Pepio in a bigger spot. I'm kind of thinking more long-term for him. I think Pepio yeah. has the stuff that's going to play off in the postseason, whereas Michael Grove is a guy that can help you right now. And if you don't think the injury to Tony Gonsolin is severe, I mean, he just said meowch and hurt his ankle, and he's going to be just fine, I think, like we said earlier. But I just am really impressed with Ryan Pepio's spring. I really am. I'm happy for the guy. I think he's putting so much work in the offseason, and Dave told us about – just working on that delivery and it's tough to see i mean you have to really hone in see these guys up close to see just a little mechanical adjustment here or there and with ryan pepio he's really locked in i think that his confidence is growing whereas i don't think michael grove from a confidence level i think that he believes in himself for sure but i think ryan pepio thinks hey man i could be an all-star one day if everything shakes out right hey like he told you uh in the off season he's just got to find the strike zone more bring that walk rate down he's gonna be fine so be be high on that kid but that's enough pitching talk that that went on for a lot longer than we uh i think any of us wanted so let's get into but it's okay because it's daylight saving times we lose an hour so we're giving him the hour back so we're doing two hours of blue heaven right that's no. a no for me doug all right more updates out right, of camelback guys. ranch we got to talk about apparently this is the james outman network as it should be jimmy jimmy ball game as i'm gonna call him uh never again uh, he got he got compared to Babe Ruth today by injured reliever Daniel Hudson. That's a World Series champion, by the way. Got the final out of the 2019 World Series for your show Nats, as uh, Jay Hare would call them. <laughs> Co compared, how did Daniel Hudson say it? It's like uh, they got me out here throwing to, to Babe Ruth, and it's the second I time I've thrown to hitters in eight months. Um, that's some, that's some pretty damn good love for Jimmy Outman. That is and, some and Rocca. And Rocca, yeah. I mean, by the way, give this guy, give this guy right here, this, this, give this guy right, right here, some love because he's the guy who broke the rock story like two, three months ago, and then everybody started running with it. 
If you smell what the rock is cooking, yeah, I mean, it's a great story. I mean, people love he it. Had people, he had the people love it. No, I, like, people. Uh, James Almond's a like someone. People were telling me in the comments like he's the new belly. He's the new this and that. As far as like just kind of that quirky guy on the team yeah. that you just kind of love. But yeah, I mean, that Daniel Hudson comment's really interesting and really kind of shows sometimes when you have young players. Someone, someone a vet says that about you. It's like, yeah, they say it in jest. They say it, you're kind of yeah. joking, but those little things definitely matter, especially for a guy that look. He goes to bed at night wondering, am I a everyday big league outfielder? Right now, he hasn't proven that. So those yeah. things definitely yeah, mean something to me. Chance. Yeah, hasn't had a chance, had the chance right? Come up, hit 462. Hey, thanks for stopping by. It's kind of tough. It's got to be a tougher pill to swallow, but. Uh, definitely, this is a guy who's fighting for a roster spot on opening day. Dave Roberts talked about him last week. It doesn't sound good for, for um, James and Raka Outman, the way Dave talks about it. It, it. It's vintage Dave talk. It's talking around the, the, the headline of, we have optioned James Outman to AAA Oklahoma City to start the season. That's what it's going to be. Just like I said on the show last week, it comes down to the fact that this kid has options. And even though Jason Hayward completely forgot how to hit after we started praising him, so I guess he's the new, I don't know. I, forget, I mean, I've gone through so many of these players who hit when I don't talk about him. Lux was one of those guys. Can't talk about him. He started hitting. I talk about him. Doesn't hit. Uh, Jason Hayward forgot how to play baseball when it comes to the hitting side of things again, but he's going to be on that opening day roster. You know, barring injury, David Peralta is going to be on that roster. I think Mookie Betts, despite the fact that he's terrible in the WBC, I think he's a pretty good lock at being on that opening day roster. The window narrows for James Outman and... You know, even, you know, hearing what uh, uh, Andrew Friedman said about him as well, Outman as well, it's like, yeah, this is a guy who's just a victim of the game and the game having options for minor league players. So it kind of sucks. But, uh, yeah, give me your thoughts on that real quick. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Leave him with nothing, no jumping off points. No, I was with you. It's like a little roller coaster right there. I love it. No, I think with James Outman, like you said, Dave Roberts kind of hinted at the fact that maybe he doesn't start the year at the big league level. And like you mentioned, and we've discussed ad nauseum on this show, is those options are something that kind of works against him because they know they can send him down. But the problem I have, though, is if you send him down, he has nothing to prove. How is he going to get better? He's in purgatory down there in 4A. He's already raked. He's already proven defensively. Yeah. He can get the job done. And the difference between him and a Michael Bush is there is a clear opening at the center field position, a clear opening for another left-handed bat. And like you said, too, Jason Hayward, where it's just spring training, I think that one thing he told us was that – his new swing is going to allow him to make adjustments on the fly faster. So hopefully he gets out of this and makes that adjustment yeah. that he needs. But like Mr. Miyagi said in the Karate Kid, <laughs> to make honey, young bee need young flower, not old prune. Okay? We need some young flowers, some young talent on this team. I want the youth that needs to be movement. Up and I think James Altman is a guy that has proven, even during spring training, like you said, he leads the team with nine hits. If you look at his strikeout rate, he struck out six times in 23 at-bats. Last year, he struck out six times in 16 plate appearances in his cup of coffee in the show. And everyone likes to talk about, oh, the strikeout rate. He strikes out. Yes, he strikes out, but last year in the minor league level at a 27.2% clip. If you can just replicate his minor league strikeout rate at the big league level, which isn't easy, let me just <clears throat> make that clear. If yeah. you can just do that, he's going to make this team a better team. And the the issue I have is if the answer is which player helps the Dodgers win more games sooner, I think it's James Outman over at Jason Hayward and also point to some other players. I mean, look at Kyle Schwarber last year, had a 29.9% strikeout rate. Eugenio Suarez, over 30%. Otani, the Golden Goose. 24.2%. Julio Rodriguez, who won Rookie of the Year last year, at 25.9% yeah. strikeout rate. It's a strikeout so, game. It's a strikeout game. And, <clears throat> yeah, I think James Altman has proved everything he needs to prove, not just offensively, but defensively. He's also won the hearts of Dodgers Nation. Let's make that clear that that is important, too. And Dodger fans want to see him get that opportunity. And I just think, too, with all the momentum that he has, I think if you send him down early, I think you could maybe lead to less productivity when you do want to bring him up later in the season. You can't, you can't tell a player if you show up and do well, we're not going to give you the opportunity. Like the whole idea of baseball, the whole idea of like the minor leagues is you prove yourself here, you get to come up here. Well, like you said, the prunes, like oh sorry, we have a journeyman Trace 
uh, Thompson, who did well, we're hoping he does well again, does well when he's hitting with, you know, aerial font Great Britain on his chest. Um, Jason Hayward has done something in the past. We want to give him a try. So you've done really good. Here's your reward. You go back to AAA. You don't get to make the big league money, even though you've earned it. You don't get to start that service clock, even though you've earned it. it it's it's a tough look, but hey, this is my chance. I'm gonna look right at you dead in the camera, Dave Roberts, Andrew Friedman. I implore you. You need to make the right decision. You need to throw the the stupid book away about you know, I guess hoarding as many players as you want. You got to reward a kid who's showing out in spring training this is a guy who's hitting 391 two bombs like you said he's leading the team in hits he, he's doing everything he's supposed to do to earn an opening day roster spot and you know what if he flames out then that's on him but he's done everything up to this point to earn that opening day roster spot and they gotta you gotta reward him you have to reward a player or else it's like what are you gonna do and then you get in your own head and you start trying harder and like you're kind of alluding to your career can kind of spiral or you come up three weeks after don't do as well as you were doing spring training put him on the opening day roster you have a spot use it on him just saying amen brother also why does trace thompson only hit in the wbc like what the hell he's like olympic <laughs> mellow he's like olympic mellow <laughs> anyway all right more roster talk we got to talk about a little bit of roster stuff uh some more spring training standouts we got to talk about uh, i mean we, we would have talked a little bit about eddie's leonard but you know he kind of doesn't get that that um that love because he was cut today max muncie looking pretty damn good there's a whole spread about him on uh was it the times or the athletic over the weekend Whichever one of those, um, read about it on DodgersNation.com. <laughs> Muncie looking good. Like he, like he was telling us at the start of spring, you know, like he's feeling a lot better. Um, it's his first healthy, full, regular spring training in a few years, and it's showing. Hit a bomb today. I think it was his first of, of the spring. But if this guy is – maybe the defense isn't quite there yet, but if the hit tool is there – we're going to be real fine uh, in the you know post-JT era, which I don't even think we talked about JT getting hit in the face. That kind of sucks. I think we did. Uh, whatever, yeah. Things things become things. Uh, maybe not. Maybe uh, I was talking I myself know. in my brain. While I, was <laughs> I don't know. But anyways. Yeah. Oh, we did? Oh, yeah, yeah, we did. Hello. Jason Hayward. Jason Hayward's friends, uh, Justin Turner, he's, he's fine. He's <laughs> starting to hit again. Anyways, what were we talking about? Max oh, yeah. Muncy. Muncy, doing good. Um, any thoughts on Muncy before I move on? I feel great about Max Muncy. I just want to say that real quickly. And I think that he is underappreciated by Dodgers fans. I mean, he has been the most prolific home run hitter on this team since he put on that uniform. He had 35 home runs in 2018. 2019, he followed up with another 35 home run year. 2021 makes the all-star team hits 36 bombs. Last year, we know how much he struggled early on, but he turned it around. The on-base percentage was still there. Still was an above-average season. But I think this is the year Max Muncy gets back to thumping at the plate with consistency and i think there's no question about it he's back to being a 30 home run hitter this year i think max muncie hits 30 plus home runs once again look i even think there's a chance he could tie his career high at 36 because that swing looks better the fact that he phased out that step back move yeah. shows how much confidence he has back in his swing and just the times that we've talked <clears throat> to max muncie the one thing that really sticks out is this guy is a baseball junkie i think you called dave roberts like a baseball freak a few weeks ago <laughs> he's kind of like a baseball freak too whereas and the reason i think that's important is if Max Muncy fails or succeed, succeeds, it's not because of lack of effort. He is going to turn over every stone, every James Altman rock or whatever, and he's going to find a way to diagnose his problems. But for him, it's just about bat speed and getting on top of fastballs, and I think that he's going to do that. I also think, too, he learned late last season that, yes, the walks are nice. Getting on base is definitely something that you want to do, and it comes at a premium, but being a little more aggressive earlier in counts and taking advantage of pitches in your nitro zone i think he's going to do that so i'm definitely excited i mean when you look at the the spring that chris taylor's having versus max muncie max muncie i think has a much better chance of having that bounce back season and getting back to the all-star game yeah no for sure i mean it, uh, everything's out there for for the guy to go out and do uh to do well so probably have about his cowboys today too they do did they do a thing 
Made some, made some signings. Hmm. No, I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> so welcome to uh, very, very lackluster NFL talk. So the I don't want we don't want to do our, our roster predictions yet, but the 26 man, let's be fair, is starting to come together uh, pretty decently. I don't even want to talk about pitching side. I don't want to talk about position player side. Uh, you, you feel pretty confident in saying that the starting nine is is all but locked up. Um at least we we know Hayward, we know CT, we know uh, a Trace are going to be on the opening day roster because that's what again barring injury I should say or I should say throwing in barring injury those guys are going to be on there. Mookie's going to be part of the outfield we know that so we got uh, uh, really ten guys I guess we'll say don't let me math Barnes Smith Locks Freddie Rojas Vargas Muncie Locks Betts Hayward CT Trace Locks but they have to figure out. Uh, uh, what a few three more spots JD Martinez that's a guy who's a lock um, long way around to me wanting to talk about uh, the, the bench what does a bench look like yeah you know you're gonna have Barnes on the bench you know um, you're gonna have one of CT or Hayward or Trace on the bench but but they need to find that that really that last spot that's the, the long way around they need to find one more guy to fill out 13 position players. And you would have thought, I would have thought maybe Michael Bush might be kind of in that that role a little bit. But um, the competition to me feels kind of clear between Outman, as we talk more James Outman, clear between Outman and, and Yanni Hernandez. Do you see anything different? Who do you think could sneak in and get that final role? I still think that Hernandez has impressed. He's kind of like a less lovable Hanser Alberto. <laughs> but still, I mean defensively he's impressive his bat to ball is impressive he can put the ball in play but doesn't hit for much power at all I don't think he's going to move the needle from that standpoint between him or James Altman I think you go with James Altman I don't think there's to me James Altman doesn't need to play he needs consistent at bats right he needs consistent at bats but yes. you don't need to see him in the lineup each every and day, every yeah. single day I think I mean he told us on the show that you can't replicate left-handed pitching even from a BP standpoint or a pitching standpoint so he mm -hmm. needs to face lefties but he's going to be a guy that can help this team in a multitude of ways but Hernandez has impressed but not to the extent where you say hey he has to be on that bench for opening day and I do think the more I kind of I know we'll probably switch topics and talk about the IKF rumor and the Dodgers maybe bringing in one more piece I do think that that is a lot likelier than a lot of Dodger fans really think because think there's one move left in Andrew Friedman tank I think there's absolutely one move left in the Andrew Friedman tank I think that they're hamstring away from needing to turn to one of these guys a lot a of hamstring injuries hamstring going on pull an ankle whatever it may be no. and look the reason why they brought in Miguel Rojas was to be that safety net to be that band-aid and now he's your everyday shortstop mm -hmm. and do you replace him with a Yanni Hernandez I mean that's a little bottom of the barrel they didn't bring in yeah. Yanni Hernandez like I said he's been yawn fire during spring training for stretches but I think the the there are some there are some players out there that can help this team and in a variety of different ways and trace thompson is really interesting because like, let's say if you considered moving trace thompson you could open up more spots in the outfield i mean david yeah. peralta chris taylor i mean if you're gonna have chris taylor on the field have him play 20 percent of the shortstop reps i mean mookie Betts. i mean dave said today he's gonna go from 40 games for some reason he slashed that number in half and said 20 games but it's making it up as we go along making it up and miguel vargas probably won't play we've seen this organization does that i mean save for freddie freeman and trey turner last season yeah. i mean guys do get their rest they definitely spell guys but you also to consider jd martinez is going to be your everyday dh maybe will smith gets in there on days that austin barnes is behind the plate but i think when you look at that bench roll i do think that there is an opportunity to just upgrade a little bit on the margins yeah uh, so that is the room the rumor this guy kind of alluded to here i think it was nightingale bob nightingale is one who, who brought it up initially but um the Yankees aren't overly sold on Isaiah Kiner Falafa even being on their roster anymore. He was their starting shortstop for the, the greater part of 2022. But they have two, you know, rookies that they're looking at this spring. Kiner Falafa is already starting to move around a little bit. He he spoke about it like he, uh, to media about it. He really wants to be in New York. He wants to help the team in any capacity. But you also look at the fact that maybe they don't want to keep him around uh after you know you don't want to keep that guy who just lost the starting shortstop job to to kind of get you know bumped back down to i guess new york's kike or whatever yeah. but he's a dude you look at what he's able to do um not he's not flashy he's not great 
he's not going to be an all-star, but he's still a very, very good uh, role player for this team. And I like the way you put it. It's like, hey, they traded for Miguel Rojas to be that guy. Now Rojas is the starting shortstop. You need to fill the Rojas spot. And kind of Falafa does that uh, better in a way than Rojas because he can catch uh, he could play some outfield. He can do uh, anything you kind of need defensively, and he does it pretty well. So um, you start you start getting a little bit closer, you know, two more weeks, but two and a half more weeks until opening day or less than whatever the hell we're at. It's a reality that uh, a trade could happen. I don't know if I feel as confident as you in a, in a trade potentially happening, but uh, those are my thoughts on it. I like the idea of IKF. I think he fits, but I think they I, – I personally think they want to stay internal – and it's either going to be Outman and way too many outfielders or seeing if, if, if Yanni's, you know, decent spring is, is better than the, uh, the course of his career where he has been overwhelmingly bad. Yeah, I think I love what Trace Thompson's done for the Dodgers. I mean, I yeah, think I like how we both I didn't really. Uh, I didn't even bring him up. I, like I don't, I don't see Trace Thompson lasting through uh, April, as I've said numerous times on the show. I'm just saying. Anyways, go ahead. But here's the thing. I mean, the Yankees they have a need for another corner outfielder. Uh, I got you. And yeah, yeah. if you're the Dodgers, yeah, I mean, Yanni's a guy that can go and play the position. But still, I mean, IKF. I mean, what I really, I mean, when I went into to look into this as a possibility i was like okay let me just confirmation bias this i know i don't like this deal i don't want to see him on the dodgers i saw him as a below average bat that's not going to really move the needle but then when i said to myself hey this is a guy that like you said has the positional versatility can even play catcher yeah can play the outfield came also, up as a catcher came up as a yeah. catcher a great attitude a great team player grew up as a yankee fan wants to be on the Yankees, but still you go to a legendary franchise like the Dodgers and also too somebody considered too in the offseason. He hit a home run yesterday, IKF. He did, he added 18 pounds of muscle. 18 pounds. We went crazy that Mookie Betts added nine pounds. He added 18 pounds. I read it. He, he said he ate rice and teriyaki chicken like five oh, times a guy. day. I like him. Big time. Went the Hawaii route and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, I think ICAF is a very interesting name. Like I said, he's not going to wow you. But I, the, what I say is, look, if you are going to give Gavin Lux that opportunity when he gets healthy next year, there's not a lot of shortstops that yes. are available. Look, you don't need your shortstop to have a 125, 140 WRC plus like a trade turner. You need a defensive first defensive-minded shortstop and then if you want to improve the offense maybe you can go out there and explore some trades for some offensive thump if you need that yeah. but to me i'd rather instead of trading for a shortstop that is an impact shortstop like a willie adamas who look i was high on willie adamas because defensively he's great hit for power pop. strikes out a lot but he's not going to move the needle right I would rather put all my trade chips in a potential starting pitcher, which we've already seen Gonsolin go down every year. It seems like it's a squid game situation where everyone's going down as far as the starters go. So I definitely would be interested in IKF. I don't think the prospect capital would be too through the roof. I think they really kind of are natural trade partners, AL versus the NL. And look, the reality is, like you mentioned, the Yankee shortstops, Peraza, Volpe, those are the heir apparents. They yes. need to see what they have in those guys, just like the Dodgers were doing with Gavin Lux this year year and yeah i don't think there's a, a much of an opportunity for him there and like i said a, not a guy who hits for home runs but already hit for a bomb and they kind of boosted his value up and we'll see i mean i think the dodgers could upgrade that bench a little hey what do they say every uh every every player grows up dreaming of playing shortstop for the los angeles dodgers so facts. Um, that's facts they have the, the yankees have some trade pieces <laughs> Some interesting um, guys that the Dodgers can look at. Where if it's not like a one for one, Trace Thompson for IKF, Michael Bush is there, and he has no spot on this Dodger team. So they they can get a little creative in some way, shape, or form. But anyways, we've gone on long about that. Um, I think you're dropping a, a kinder falafel video at some point. Yeah, we're doing a deep dive tomorrow. Deep dive. Look for that. So make sure you're tube, tubed in on youtube.com slash Dodger Nation TV. Quickly, before we get out of here, we do want to talk just a hair about the WBC. We've already talked around it a lot. Hey, Team USA, god awful. God awful pitching. It looks like, a, I mean, it's a super team, but I'm not seeing any cohesion there. It looks like I'm watching playoff Dodgers, to be honest. I mean, hey, the, the event is technically. <laughs> Too soon? Too yeah. soon? Too soon. You want to do? Was that too did soon? you say thank you fans already for yeah, yeah, Team USA? That, yeah. I did some beautiful art. Check it out. At Real FRG on Twitter. Jeez. Hey, One of the art. best thank you fans I've ever seen. 100%. <laughs> Fantastic. You're all by Canva.com. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, the offensive... Look, the Avengers technically lost once, too, right? So, yeah, they've definitely struggled. But still, the pitching is not there. The pitching isn't there for this team. I like it, to be honest. And look, the reality is, offensively, there's a lot of talent up and down this lineup. Still early. Yeah, Team USA, they don't look the part. Our own Mookie Betts hasn't showed out early on. And really, you Bowling. saw Mexico... Bowling too much. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm Mexico not annihilated them i mean it's like alamo part two you know i mean it was there's something to be said about teams that show up with the hype and mexico had the hype they won puerto rico's had the hype over israel today i mean puerto rico's clearly a better team but it's nine nothing in the sixth inning as we're doing this live as we're ending the show um the hype means something, man. Especially in a tournament like this, where there's the pageantry, has that World Cup style feel. And yeah, really the 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 USA's dugout has been blander than Great Britain's uniforms. So yeah, I think that <laughs> that's for sure. I mean, by the way, I think it shouldn't say Great Britain, it should say Mid Britain. Mid Britain. Because they yeah. haven't looked that great. But They're, I mean, their star is Trace Thompson. And we're talking about trading him to the Yankees for a bucket of balls and Isaiah Kiner Falefa. Yeah, but what's your take? I, I want to get your take too, uh, Clint, because to me, we talked about this before the show. Mark DeRosa, charisma off the charts, great guy. Pettit's in manager. the dugout. Doesn't feel like they're manager. He's just the, he's the guy that they wanted to put in front of the camera and, and to write the names in the paper to hand to the other guy. You don't know what he's doing. He played baseball for a long time, but that doesn't mean you know how to manage. You know, you could you could second guess five or six different pitching uh, decisions in that game. To be fair, he's very handcuffed by the the rules and restrictions of the WBC, particularly on the pitching side to keep people healthy, ish. But uh, no, I, I like the way you said it earlier. Him and uh, and uh, Andy Pettit, you know, a couple you know deers in the headlight kind of look. Not yeah, very good. They, like they don't have the answers, right? I mean, you saw them leaving leave them out there way too long with Strider. And I think that this team, they just need to get a dub, another dub under their belt. We'll see what happens against Canada. And there's that really complicated tiebreaker. But I just want to give a shout out to Mexico's fans because they had the guy doing the shoey. I'm gonna do a shoey right here. Don't guys. you do no no, gonna, no don't do no oh no this is the worst this is the worst thing that's ever happened. Those were nice shoes. That was the most disgusting thing. Please, somebody clip that. That is disgusting. He actually did that. I, 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 I this, that was not a bit. That was not planned at all. That is disgusting. That was not planned. He actually put the beer in his shoe, people. That is real. That was real. I thought that was apple juice. That was for my friends because look, that they were repping hard, and that the guy from the the fan behind the plate was wearing some off white dunks, so he was. Uh, that the was game. disgusting. But yeah, you got to do a show. I don't understand. And the that's shoe that's thing. my look. That's what we kids. The point I'm trying to make. The the point I had to go <laughs> to extremes here is as fans, the the USA fans need to yeah. turn up and show out like yeah. the fans from Mexico who was partying. I mean, did you see when they all did the out sign? Yeah, no, they were they were knee deep in it. You know what I love? Uh, I think 90% of them were Dodger fans, wearing Dodger jerseys, wearing Dodger hats. Hey, Dodger Nation, represent. You did it because of Doug McCain. He represents all Dodger fan points of view. King of Los Angeles, King baby. of Los Angeles. Hey, I want to ask you, Clint, did you see that clip that went viral of Austin Barnes? Or not Austin Barnes, of Will Randy Smith? and Will yeah, Smith. Yeah. Do you really think that Will Smith dogged him? Oh, yeah, 100%. You do? Yeah. Really? I, I think, I think, listen. Yeah, you can't. The visibility behind the catcher's mask isn't that great, but at the same time, he kind of looked down, like Randy's hand was lingering there for a bit. There, there was there was something that happened. I wonder if he, wonder if he mentioned something about that game four walk off where you know Will decided that he didn't want the ball in the glove so he can let Randy get off the floor and dust himself off real quick and check the time and then go score real quick. And he crawls back and yeah, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I understand having your game face, but I mean Mookie Betts goes out there and he pretty he's Mr. Congeniality with whoever it may yeah. be. So, yeah, I mean just dap up Randy at Rosarena. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's supposed to be, you know, fun. Yeah. Whatever, you know. Maybe they took that personal. Maybe they, <sighs> he went to the dugout and said, "Hey, Will Smith didn't dap me up. Let's uh Let's put up double digits on these cats. You think Team USA finds a way to come back and uh, go back to back champs? Honestly, I really I don't have an answer for you because like I'm my pick was you Venezuela. Huh? My pick was Venezuela because 
one of the reasons, I mean, I like their fans. And doing the Dio Cartaya research, bro, those fans are insane. It's yeah, like yeah. game, it's a regular season game. It's like game seven of the World Series. That yeah. fan base is so passionate, love the town, the fire they play with. I just don't think the, the Dodgers don't have the pitching. I mean, if you had their best USA. pitchers, USA, yeah, oh, that's yeah. the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah, if, used if, to it. If USA had the pitchers, yeah. I mean, to me, that's kind of my big takeaways. The pitching is not there. Uh, Great and Britain's uniforms look there from Alibaba or for or the sponsor from a local mechanic or something like that. But yeah, I definitely think this team is is gonna have to answer some questions as far as the recruitment. I saw people on Twitter they were saying, "Oh, this Mike Trout is basically playing with this Angels organization doesn't have pitching." Where Sandoval was the Mexico pitcher beat them yesterday, so it's definitely not that. But uh, they need guys to step up, and also you want to see them manufacture more runs. I, I got to get into some of the comments here real quick. Cause I don't know if you guys have noticed and sorry, we've been really bad on the comments. We just got lost in each other's eyes here, but, um, the shoey moment was pretty wild. We got an O snap. We got a WTF. Anthony Keen says uh, this will forever be known as the shoey episode. You'll definitely see that on social media. <laughs> Nando Chuck McCain, 3, baby. Nando three ninety says hell yeah. Chuck McCain is back. Uh, Rebecca says I forgive you, D Mac. Uh, Dave uh, David says D Mac coming for Chuck Championship. And Anthony Keen reminds all of us that alcohol kills uh, bacteria. So long live. King D-Mac. Carnivorous uh, lunar activity. D-Mac high on life. <laughs> no, I saw somebody clip that ASAP. Yeah, we need, we need all angles. I need uh, I.E. Doyer. He'll he'll put some fire to that. Um, <laughs> I cannot believe what we just watched. Well said by Noah over there. To, to, to get some fan takes quickly on WBC before we get out of here. Uh, Jason says he's going to repeat. So cool. Uh, I'm uh, Go USA and uh michael says japan is going all the way rebecca says canada could beat us tonight it's right team canada uh, versus team usa is about to start so um that's a thing jason says if we lose that will be humiliating uh <laughs> diane says smash the like button for clint and dmac appreciate that uh, uh let's see what else we got I mean, that's that's probably about enough. Uh, I, I I agree. I'm going to end with the if we lose, that will be humiliating. Guys, we appreciate you, as always, for hanging out with us, jumping into the comments, sending in these super chats. Um, that goes a long way to our hearts and for Doug to buy new shoes to drink socks out of. Too. My socks are soaking <laughs> yeah, wet. Yeah, yeah. You don't put the shoe right back on. Oh. Like you, put, you get some paper towels, you know. It's sanitary. Sanitary. <laughs> Whoops. Come on now. Find us on the internet at DodgersNation.com. It's the best way to always keep up with the latest about your Los Angeles Dodgers. Subscribe to our newsletter on DodgersNation.com. You'll find a little box somewhere, or if not, go to DodgersNation.com slash subscribe. Find Blue Heaven as a podcast on all your podcast platforms. Subscribe to YouTube.com slash DodgersNationTV. Hit the bell, leave a like, leave a comment. It really helps us out in the algorithm and get us to the moon. We want 150 million subscribers by tomorrow. So you guys got some work ahead of you. I am real FRG on Twitter, Instagram. That guy is DMAC underscore LA on Twitter, Instagram. Big shout out to DJ producer Cody for running the, uh, the ones and sevens up there. Follow us at Dodgers nation and a whole bunch of social media platforms. Bye.